Elliot, I don't know about you, but I thought it was really heartwarming to see everybody rooting for the underdog today. All right, so you're talking about the raccoon that made it to the top of that uh, 20-story building in um, St. Paul, Minnesota? No, I'm talking about Steve Trevor showing up in Wonder Woman 2. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Confuse the Twilight Zone with the Outer Limits? Do you even know me? Geek Counter Geek number 121. I'm Keith Conrad, joined as always by uh, Elliot Serrano. Elliot, um, I have no idea how they're going to bring back uh, Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman 2. Any, uh, any thoughts on that? Well, one, the rule of comic books is if there's no body, no death. I mean, it's comics, it's soap operas, it's pretty much anywhere where, you know, you can write that in. Plus, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, I remember that whole bit with with Steve Trevor dying and, and, and Wonder Woman 1. And the first thing I thought was Flash going through time going back, whisking him from the from the plane before it explodes. I mean, I, I already wrote the, the alt, you know, the, the escape clause for him in my head. So, I, you know, I, I'm almost like, wow, they, they already let that cat out of the bag, like right from the beginning. They didn't even like as a, they didn't even leave it as a surprise for the for the for the movie. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens since uh, he looks like he's uh, the same age in the 1980s and uh, looks very confused by living in the 1980s. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I mean, then you can, you know, I mean, then I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, they, they, they are making enough references to the Wonder Woman television series. And explain to me how Lyle Wagner was alive during world war ii in the wonder woman television series as well as in the 80s in the television series so i, I think that's what they're just playing with uh that could very well be but he looks um he looks uh, 80s ish enough that i'm not thinking it's some sort of uh you know not not a not a flashback but like a hallucination that uh you know she she's seeing him and if it's if he's wearing a fanny pack that's one vicious hallucination it really <laughs> is that was the big news for uh, for everybody else but uh, for me the big news was the release of the trailer for first man and uh, you know I, I i read the book when it when it came out and when they announced they're making a movie probably a year or so ago and it's uh you know my my first thought was you know it, it's kind of dry you know, Neil Armstrong wasn't exactly a Mr. Excitement. That's actually why he was so good as the uh, as the first man on the moon, because he didn't, uh, you know, he 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 wasn't. Uh, let, let me put it to you this way. If Buzz Aldrin had been the first man on the moon, I think uh, people would have been arguing that he cheapened it a little bit. But uh, Neil Armstrong, like he was just low key enough that I think everybody, everybody was like, yeah, this is somebody we can be proud of. You know what I mean? 
Well, I remember from the uh, HBO miniseries that uh, Tom Hanks produced the uh, from the Earth to from the, moon. the Earth to the yeah. Moon, and they they did cover that particular. Uh, thing with them, you know, there was wasn't there an episode devoted to Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin? See, I uh, say Buzz was played by uh, Brian Cranston, um, actually. Brian Cranston, yeah. yeah. And Neil Armstrong was played by that dude who like died in Ghosts. And um, uh, yeah, and he was the president on Scandal. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, no, nobody knows his name. He's just that that guy. He's just that guy. And there, it was essentially, you know, the the only reason why Neil was the guy who got to step on the moon first is because with all the um, procedure in place, he was the one sitting closest to the door, you know? Yeah, the so. door actually opened uh, in such a way that it would have been uh, impossible for anybody else to get out first. But uh, I think, uh, I think you know, they probably would have been, uh, if that hadn't been the case, they probably would have been duking it out to see who got to walk down first. Uh, but I, I remember just again from that episode of From the Earth to the Moon that the Buzz, Buzz Aldrin had just so much more personality. You know, he he was um, kind of like I, I did feel bad that he wasn't the one who got to step out first because Neil's like, you know, we're just following procedure, man. You know, we're just <laughs> we're just we're just doing what we need to do. And then was it that that whole the one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind? He didn't even come up with that. Someone had to give him that line. Did did Buzz give him that line? I don't. No, know. and his his brother actually gave it to him. Right, right. So, uh, but I think I think that's why Neil Armstrong was like the the perfect guy because you know he's. Uh, you know, Neil Armstrong never showed up on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, that's that's all I'm saying. Maybe, you know, that's well, and, we and, you know, people people think of him as, you know, this 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 badass uh, pilot historical figure, whereas Neil Arm, uh, uh, Buzz Aldrin, he's the guy who was on Dancing with the Stars wearing the T-shirt that says get your ass to Mars. He's also the guy who, like, um, is confronted by some dude who yells in his face that he's a liar and that he was part of faking the moon landings. And Buzz Aldrin's like, screw you. And he punches the guy in the face. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that, uh, you know, how how can you not love Buzz Aldrin for that? Yeah. So I. um, so my next question is, why isn't Buzz Aldrin running for president right now? <laughs> Actually, I can tell you why. Interestingly enough, I can I can tell you why, because uh, uh, probably, well, several years ago, they were in, uh, maybe it's almost 10 years ago when they were doing the 40th anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing. And this is back when uh, when Neil Armstrong was still with us, obviously. Um, uh, they were doing a Q&A for Time magazine. And uh, Buzz Aldrin was actually asked if he ever considered running for political office the way John Glenn and Harrison Schmidt and and, you know, Bill Nelson and, you know, other other astronauts had 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 done. And he had what I think is just the the greatest answer ever, Uh, because he said, you know, right now, if you did a poll like 80 percent would say that they had a positive view of me and 20% were like, who's Buzz Aldrin? Why would I sacrifice that to have 49% of the population hate my guts and 51% tolerate me? (laughs) 
it's funny because um, I remember when uh, John Glenn announced his uh, candidacy, or he was talking about announcing his candidacy, candidacy, and the movie The Right Stuff had just come out. And I want to say, I can't remember if it was Newsweek or Time Magazine that um, had the headline about about the movie The Right Stuff saying, is this the movie that will make a president? You know, like, would because suddenly everyone would think, John Glenn was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Seeing it, didn't Ed Harris play him in the right stuff? He did, yeah. Yeah, so you'd be thinking, oh, Ed Harris is going to be president of the United States. Um, unfortunately, it was ahead of his time. Uh, John Glenn probably should have had like a reality TV show. Then he'd be president. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that would have worked out well for him. Uh, but uh, so. You know, looking at the book, I think it was it was kind of hard to figure out where the uh, the movie would be in all this. But I got to tell you, in the uh, in the trailer, they they make Apollo thirteen look like a snooze fest. I mean, it, it's it's probably the most intense movie trailer I've ever seen. Well, it's and it's got Ryan Gosling essentially just playing his character from Blade Runner twenty forty nine again. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. If you, if, if you if you haven't seen it, that's mm-hmm. that's literally what he's doing. Like really understated, very monotone, very straightforward. And I'm like, wow, you know, uh, when do I get to have Ryan Gosling play me in a movie? Is is my question. Yeah, I I think that'll happen one day. You know, maybe it's like like the whole Andy Warhol thing. (laughs) In the future, everyone will be played by Ryan Gosling for 15 minutes for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my my next question is, uh, why are we suddenly enamored or entranced there or suddenly interested in space exploration? Um, because I, I, I know I kind of got the sense of it why, like when, when um, Tom Hanks did Apollo 13, right? Yeah. You know, you know, he did it because first Tom Hanks, total, you know, space nerd, love that stuff. Um, and it was a time when, again, we were still talking about the idealism of America and, and, um, and, and all the great things we can accomplish. Now we're like, you know, we don't want to do anything. We're, America has essentially turned into we're, um, like that guy who sits on his couch all day watching TV and just complaining on the Internet. That pretty much is America. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's Damien Chazelle and uh, and uh, and Ryan Gosling trying to try to wake America up a little bit and saying, hey, look what we did once. A long time ago, but, you know, we don't do that anymore. It's like, you know, because we're busy making America great. Well, we weren't great then. And, uh, you know, you know I'm, I'm not quite as big of a space geek as, as Tom Hanks. I mean, nobody is. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that's one thing that, uh, you know, a hundred years from now, they're going to be like, really? We, we started going to the moon, but just kind of stopped for no particular reason? Really? Well, even W said we should go to the Mar- go to Mars. Well, what's going on with that? I mean, yeah, we've got rovers up there now telling us that they found like signs of life, like bacteria or stuff like that. But 
We're not planning on going anywhere. If anything, Richard Branson is is he's already announcing that there's going to be galactic uh, tourism or you know space tourism within the next couple of years. Oh, he's been uh, saying that for a decade. It's it's Elon Musk. That's where you want your uh, your money to be. <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh, that's right. He's got the Dragon X. Is that his thing? SpaceX. Yeah. SpaceX, and then there's Dragon X, and then there's I'm going to have my own spaceship. I'm going to call it, um, mm, let's see, I'm going to call it, uh, I'm trying to come up with something clever right now. I'm just going to call it uh, Slacker X. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, Slacker X is essentially, you know, me building a space program but abandoning it and saying, yeah, you know, I realized it was a waste of resources anyway before everyone else did. So. <clears throat> <laughs> well, either way, it, uh, it comes out on, uh, on October 12th. I will be uh, undoubtedly there on, uh, on opening night. I hope you all will join me, too, and I hope more people will uh, go see that than saw uh, Solo. Well, let's. Uh, I hope Buzz Aldrin's there. I, I would love to be sitting in the front row of First Man with Buzz Aldrin and having him just basically pick the movie apart. <laughs> that's not. That's not what happened. By the way, uh, all the. Uh, I think it's kind of cool that all of the, uh, uh, just just about all the the scenes that don't actually show the moon, uh, they're all of uh, Gemini Eight which was uh, uh, Neil Armstrong's first mission because he actually, believe it or not, flew before Apollo 11. And uh, he almost died. So uh, that, that, that'll be very interesting for people to uh, see because I, I think most people probably don't know that. Well, you know, it's like the dude didn't know when to give up. I mean, I almost died, you know, on a previous mission. But sure, send me up. I guess that's why you have the wife in there, too. Yeah, by, by the way, the, the wife played by uh, Claire Foy, fresh off of uh, getting fired from, uh, from The Crown. She didn't really get fired. She, she aged well, out. Yeah, she aged out. They, like, just recast her. So, and she was, mind you, really good in that role. She was, so, yeah. You know, it was very, very good. So I'm anxious to see how, how she handles this. If anything, just to hear her American accent for, like, a whole, you know, two hours. See that, how that holds up. Th- that will be interesting, yeah, because because in the trailer you only only see a couple lines, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So yeah, it will be interesting to see how she does over the course of a uh, of a whole movie. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We'll see uh, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, you know, Damien Chazelle, he's done he's done pretty well so far. Yeah, well, like, what's the next space mission we want to make a movie about? Uh, I mean, oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Left? I mean, you, you know what, you know what I would actually really want to see, and you couldn't do a movie on it because he's just, he just did too much. And, uh, we may need to, to give a little time because, um, uh, because, you know, now we've, you know, you had Apollo 13 from the earth to the moon. Now, uh, you know, first man and everything. I'd really like to see something on uh, John Young, who was, uh, he was, uh, he was in the second group of astronauts and he flew twice in Gemini, flew to the moon twice and flew the space shuttle twice. He was the commander of the first mission of the, uh, of the space shuttle. And he was actually scheduled to be the commander of the flight right after Challenger, uh, which was going to be the one where they deployed the Hubble space telescope. 
But after Challenger, he actually started to make some pretty vocal complaints about NASA's safety, and they grounded him. And he actually, even though NASA grounded him, he still kept training, and he didn't retire from NASA until 2004. So he was actually an, an active astronaut from, like, 1962 until 2004. That sounds like an HBO miniseries to me. It yeah. does, yeah. I could definitely see that, yeah. Because, I mean, we, you know, we've already, I mean, it sounds like you were describing space cowboys to me. It really was, you know, like uh, when uh, when they sent John Glenn back up, you know, the phony baloney excuse they came up with was, uh, you know, they wanted to see how how you know weightlessness and being in space affected you as uh, as a senior citizen as opposed to when he was uh, on Gemini or on on Mercury, and that was that was a, a load of bull plop because if you wanted to do that, you actually would have sent up John Young because he had. You know, you would have had data points in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then the 90s. Right, but John Glenn was a name. Everybody knew John Glenn. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you say yeah. John Young, and most people aren't going aren't gonna to know who that is. Well, they think, wait, wasn't that the lead singer for Styx? Oh, no, that was Dennis DeYoung. Yes. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. the first name that would pop into my head. Well, it was the first name that popped into mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course... And of course, when you uh, listen to Dennis DeYoung, you'll want to do so on headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio. Oh, yeah, because if you go to tweakedaudio.com, you're going to see numerous styles and colors. Uh, whether you have mic'd and non mic'd version, wired or Bluetooth enabled versions, you're going to have uh, earbuds, earphones, sports style, DJ headcans. Any type of style that you're interested in, they have it at tweakedaudio.com. And here's the other thing. They also have different price points. And let's say you're looking at uh, one that's slightly more expensive than what you think is in your, you know, in your budget. Well, guess what? If you enter the code GCG at checkout, you're going to get 33% off the price of those uh, uh, earbud, earbuds, earphones, headcans, whatever it is that you selected. So you might say, ah, oh, you know what? I think I want to go up a night to a nicer model. I will, I'm going to go from the wired to the wireless. 33% off. You can get the, the uh, equipment you want and add to that free worldwide shipping. And this uh, equipment is good for all purposes, whether you're listening to music, uh, answering calls on your phone, co-op gaming, tweakedaudio.com, enter the code GCG at checkout, get 33% off and free worldwide shipping. And of course, once you get your headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio, you'll want to listen to some of the, uh, the great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Like uh, Minutia Men, uh, Caffeinated Comics, and of course that little show we like to call the Dishing Bitches. They are always dishing. I'm telling you, those gals. I I, I am always afraid that the next episode they're going to start talking about us. Yeah, I, I think that's a genuine concern. <laughs> Yeah, considering we've been on their show and considering we know those gals, I keep wondering if, you know, if they're going to be talking about my puffy, puffy, uh, well, let's just say I powder myself in some places. And they were very, they were very interested in that when we were on their show that one time. So, well, I don't know, you know, I, I keep waiting for them to bring that up again. 
I'm not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we haven't uh, we haven't had a chance to dig into this one uh, yet, but um, uh, your theories on why Solo hasn't uh, done too well, because I, I think that, uh, you know, really kind of run into the same problem that uh, Star Trek ran into with Star Trek Beyond and that Star Trek Beyond was a really good movie. But uh, so many people were kind of turned off by Star Trek Into Darkness that not so many people went to go see it. And I think there were plenty of uh, people who were, you know, not too thrilled with The Last Jedi who were like, you know what, I'm not spending my money on this. Well, I I have seen some of that. And to tell the truth, I might have even thought that to an extent. Um, Personally, myself as a Star Wars fan, um, but I, I, I will just say it was this. I, they probably should have stuck to releasing a Star Wars movie around Christmas in December. Um, I have this feeling had Solo come out in December as opposed to May, which was, what, uh, four months after, four and a half months after The Last Jedi, people were you know still kind of like in that whole uh, i just saw a star wars movie another one well actually not just that i mean it was within weeks of it coming out uh, on video which obviously you know people are seeing it all over again it's all over the news because they're promoting the hell out of it because it just got you know released on on uh, on on digital and blu-ray and and everything so i think that i think you're you, you might be right about that 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 probably had a lot to do with it especially not just the fact that the it had been released in december but that it had just been released on video so people were already they'd already started talking about the last jedi again and then oh hey look here's solo and you know it's it's again um, with these movies, what you're trying to do is you're trying to kind of bring in those that the general audience. I mean, yes, Star Wars in and of itself is not really this unique geek culture thing anymore. I mean, it's it's pretty much accepted as pop culture. It's as much pop culture as you know, <clears throat> U two. Or, or uh, uh, um, you know, name any big, you know, any uh, popular television show. Although, you know what, there aren't really that many widespread television shows anymore when you think about it. Um, no, because there used to be uh, only four to keep track of at a time, and now there's 40. Yeah, I mean, there yeah, so many networks. I mean, uh, the only thing that came close was the Roseanne show, and, well, we know what happened with that. So, but still, Star Wars does not lack for uh, a brand identity, and the folks who make these movies, especially now that Disney has them, they're they're trying to toe that line between trying to be true to what people recognize as Star Wars, but also having the mass appeal to it. And and, and again, I've really enjoyed Solo. I and, and I've been, you know, I'm going to tell you, I've been eating as much crow as anything these past few uh, few films. Uh, and thinking, having my doubts about something, then going in and having uh, been proved wrong. Uh, Solo was a fun film, mm-hmm. and I, I did not, I did not have any of the issues with Solo that I might have had, say, with the Last Jedi. But again, it's just, 
it's too it was a bit too soon because watch i mean look at it um avengers infinity war just came out in april and we're gonna have ant-man and the wasp you know the follow-up to the to ant-man coming out in just a few weeks in july and and infinity war has already made two billion dollars all right worldwide I don't see anyone thinking that Ant-Man's going to do that kind of box office. That's true, yeah. And, and I don't think, when, when it doesn't do $2 billion, nobody's going to say, oh, I guess people are all tapped out on Marvel now. Right. So you're, you're seeing the same, a similar thing happening with these Star Wars movies. I mean, they, they announced it, you know, years ago, and we said it then. Star Wars is we're going to get a new Star Wars movie every year through 2020, at least, if not beyond that. And on top of that, you're going to have a live action television show. We already know that they're producing an animated series. Dave Filoni, who did Rebels and who did um, Clone Wars, is already going to do an animated series called Star Wars Resistance. So there's going to be a lot of Star Wars content out there. And you can't expect everything to to you know generate the kind of money that let's well let's say like the the force awakens did so hey it's just a natural thing so to me i find it a little bit disingenuous when people point to you know solo which still did pretty decent box office for what it is you know yeah i mean 250 million is not bad i take that if somebody gave it to me Right. And I mean, it still made more than Deadpool. And you don't see anybody talking about Deadpool being a box office bust. Mind you, Deadpool, they didn't spend as much money as they did with Solo. Then you have the whole thing with Solo where they essentially had two production runs on the film. Right. So so overall, um, I don't think it was a failure so much on the film and the filmmakers. And and I love it, too, how Ron Howard, when the box office totals came back, um, he said, announced on Twitter, "Eh, you know, less than what we expected, but still a personal best for me. You know, it's still the most, you know, that that does that made the most. Yeah, that does kind of put things in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who won an Oscar. All right. This is an Oscar winning director going, hey, you know what? It wasn't what everybody had hoped for, but still my personal best. You know, and again, it's a fun movie. I've been telling folks, if you've never seen a Star Wars movie before, you can see this one. Watch it. It's a fun film. You know, you know one, one of the interesting things to me about it, you know, to, you know, get into a deep dive in the plot a little bit was the fact that, you know, the, the Empire barely is barely a blip in the in the story and i I thought that was kind of cool yeah it's kind of cool and and it um it gave you a different view of that the star wars universe as you say or the star wars galaxy and if it's it's my understanding that uh ryan johnson when he does his trilogy it's going to be something different than what we're accustomed to seeing and then you've got the game of thrones uh producers um i forgot the 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 writing duo you know i can see them in my head right now their pictures they're you know a couple strapping tall men as uh, as harry carey would say fine looking young men fine looking <laughs> you know but they're they're supposed to be doing their own take on star wars as well 
So you're going to be getting all these different, uh, it's not going to be just um, the, the galactic civil war. It's going to be the underworld. It's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm guessing the Game of Thrones guys are going to do something along the lines of politics and intrigue. Mm-hmm. Fine, you know, but then don't come back. You know, and people are saying, well, we want our Star Wars to be something different. Fine, you're going to get something different. But then don't come back and complain that it's not exactly what you wanted or if it doesn't make a billion dollars each time out, that it's subpar. Um, and then start calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head, which is ridiculous. You know, these movies, you know, they've been what they've been what Disney wants. They're out there. You know, uh, keeping the, the, as they say, the intellectual property alive, it's generating revenue streams, it's making them money, so marketing toys, marketing toys, and so on and so forth, which might seem quite mercenary, <clears throat> but let's face it, it's, it was no different than when George Lucas was doing the films. Well, I, I would say that uh, the, the story that uh, we're diving into in the, in the, and the, the, the prime Star Wars uh, movies is very different from what George Lucas would have been doing. And that's probably good from what we're hearing. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I saw that. I, 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 I read what the, his idea was. And I don't know. Well, it was, saying? you know, Star Wars, uh, you know, what Star Wars, uh, you know, get to know the Metachlorians. Seemed to basically be it. He said the micro universe or something like that. But I, you know, here's the thing about George Lucas. First, I have tremendous respect for him as as kind of like a filmmaker and an idea guy. Okay, I'm going to say that right off. And 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 and, I, and I've been meaning to state this publicly for a while. Yes. I was in that infamous film, The People versus George Lucas, you know, where you had all these quote unquote Star Wars fans pretty much ripping George Lucas and saying they hated the prequels and blah, blah, blah. And, the, and they hated the, 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 the special editions and blah, blah, blah. But if you watch that movie, I don't take issue with the movies. I don't take issue with what George Lucas was doing with any of the movies. I took issue with his marketing department and how they kept putting out all these Star Wars toys that there was no way a completist could keep up with everything. Okay? So there. I'm saying that right now. (laughs) At least you had your own unique complaint. That's the important thing. Right. And I still have that complaint. You know, there's no way you can buy all the Star Wars stuff that they put out there. It's, It's impossible to keep up with it. But fine. But as far uh, we've talked about this on previous um, Wait, podcasts. First of all, I'll be damned. IMDb, Elliot Toronto himself, comic <laughs> culture warrior. Pretty. Yep, there I am. I have. I can't get my picture on there for anything. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, it got me my it got me my own uh, entry on the IMDb website. But anyway, but george lucas uh, he's talked about the star wars films time and time again and you know and the sequel trilogy was essentially if i remember correctly it was him supposed to be passing the baton on to the next generation of filmmakers you know he had these ideas and he wanted to pass them on very much like um, when you think about the classic trilogy where he was he was overseeing them 
but he was Mr. Producer on top of everything, steering the plot, steering how things went. I mean, a lot which, of the which, stuff. That, which, by the way, if he had done the prequel series uh, uh, of movies that way, I think they probably would have turned out much better. I'm just saying. It would have turned out. No, no, I agree. They would have been much different. The Be- thing about the prequel series, and, and <clears throat> if you look at all the, the classic Star Wars films, and I mean, I get a lot of crap for this, but I will tell you, A New Hope, the first Star Wars film, is the weakest of the three films. Even though we put it on a pedestal, we talk about how great the movie is and how it inspires us and how it was a breakthrough in special effects and all these other things. It's the weakest of the three. Why? Because it has the worst acting it's just the acting is is just oh it's horrible until uh, whatever Alec Guinness or Harrison Ford aren't on screen it's like oh help me somebody help <laughs> because me. because yeah. Alec Guinness could could do anything you know he anything yeah you know you, you watch like and Alec Guinness is only on screen for all of fifteen minutes but every scene he does he puts so much you know so much nuance into that performance especially when you know about all the things that that come before Alec Guinness gave a timeless uh, performance and of course Harrison Ford being Mr. Snarky smarmy you know you know coolest guy on the block you know just just takes over as well fine it isn't until Kirshner takes over in Empire Strikes Back that Hamill starts giving a more seasoned performance. Of course, you have the whole romance between Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, Han and Leia, and all the other stuff that goes on. And then you get to Return of the Jedi when it's pretty much on autopilot, you know. Right. And and and, and all the, the cast members are very comfortable in their characters. Which, so, by the way, you know, say say what you will about uh, about the Last Jedi. I, I don't think there's any way you could say that the story uh, that they're whatever story they're going to be telling in, in this last uh, movie. There's no way that's on autopilot because I don't think anybody could claim they have any idea where it's going. <laughs> True. And, and that's the other thing, too. I, I will give the sequel trilogy this. The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi all has great acting throughout. So if you're going to have any if you're going to take any issues with it, it's going to be story. Because the actors in those in those films are really doing a great job. I mean, Ryan Johnson got some great performances out of out of his um, his cast. I mean, to me, it's 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 uh, Mark Hamill probably doing his best Luke Skywalker, you know, mm-hmm. since since Return of the Jedi and even Return of the Jedi. He's not. He doesn't really hit that that stride until, you know, about midway through. Eh. Whereas in, in The Last Jedi, he's, you know, curmudgeonly old Luke. And I mean, I hated it. I'll be honest. I hated it. My biggest problem with that, as, as many people had a problem with, and even Mark Hamill had a problem with it, is just they kind of like stripped him of his idealism, which to me was like making Captain America an old fuddy-duddy who didn't believe in the American dream anymore. Nobody would have liked that. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know? But, uh, you know, but again, you know, I, I think that... Uh, <laughs> You know, I I just had a a very different perspective. Maybe just, uh, you know, the the thing that I kept thinking of, you know, especially hearing a lot of the criticisms of it, you know, my reaction 
basically to the the criticism is you know the 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 universe or fate or whatever is usually not going to give you what you think uh what you think it is and the, you know that's just i i know star wars is escapism and, and everything but you know if if at the end of return of the jedi everybody just lives happily ever after and uh, you know, Luke just trains a new generation of Jedi. Every, everything's everything's great. There isn't much story to tell later on, and it, it just wouldn't feel that true to life. Whereas, you know, to to me at least, seeing everything not work out the way that you would have thought it it was, it just seems more true to life to me. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's really what a lot of folks are saying when they talk about how how relevant the themes of the Last Jedi are. And again, I'm not gonna on a thematic scale. I'm not gonna sit there and go, Ryan Johnson was completely wrong. Um, um, I just disagree with how he certain things. And, and the more and more I think about it, the I guess really. I can deal with Luke Skywalker being kind of like a disillusioned dude and failing and then not until the very end coming to terms with with what he needed to do. Fine. Uh, Just that Poe Dameron turns into a reckless dumbass who gets all his friends killed. Oh, oh yeah, that 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 (laughs) that I, I am totally with you because literally this movie is five minutes later. And it's a completely yeah. different person. Like, not not only is is he a different person, but his relationship with with Leia and everybody just seems to be completely different now. Five minutes right. later, right? So, so that's like that was my head scratcher. Um, but back to the original point about Lucas, you know, handing off the sequel trilogy to young filmmakers. You know, I mean. You know, it's that's kind of what's happening with this. You had J.J. Abrams kind of like pick up the baton and can go. And then Ryan Johnson and, and a fairly younger auteur, auteur, you know, doing his thing. And I mean, you know, it would have been nice for them to have yet another, you know, maybe indie film director doing the last one like they wanted to do with Colin Trevorrow, but whatever. Um, but But having Lucas saying that his version of the sequel trilogy um, is kind of like, you know, it was about, you know, really what, if I understand, like, as you said, about the midichlorians and these, the creatures that live and thrive on the force. Um, My question is this. If the sequel trilogy is about bacteria, does the five second rule apply in Star Wars? The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Abatron.